Well, we're carrying on today with the um, uh, series we're doing uh, from the life of Joseph. And I'm going to start, I've got quite a chunk of scripture to read, in fact, three passages. And I'm excited about what God's going to be saying to us today. So have you got your seatbelts on? Fantastic. Genesis, we're going to kick off in Genesis 39, verses 1 through to 6. Then we're going to pop down to verse 20 and go through to verse 23. Then we're going to chapter 41 and we're reading verses 40 to 44. And I think, yes, we've got them up on the screen, which is great. Now, uh, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Now, that's not a good start to a passage, really. Up until this point, you know, he'd been loved by his father, hated by the rest of his family. So they threw him in a pit. They sold him as a, as a slave. But God got him out the pit, yeah, and God, and God got him into a household that we're just about to find out about. But all this began to take place in, a, in this country called Egypt that we know today. But Egypt back then was not good news for the children of Israel. It was not good news. It, it was not the promised land. It was not where they're supposed to be. <laughs> All right? I don't know where you are today. Perhaps you're not where you're supposed to be. Well, don't worry about it because God's still with you even if you're not where you're supposed to be. Yeah? <laughs> I'm going ahead of myself already. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and his master Potiphar and Officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. And the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. Everybody say he was a successful man. Now let's say it like that's some good news. And he was a successful man in Egypt. So don't blame your surroundings. Hello? Ah, yeah, but, you know, I thought I was supposed to be over there, but I'm over here, so things aren't going too well. Hey, wherever you are, you can be successful in God. Wherever you are, you're not led by your surroundings. (laughs) You're anointed. You're called. And he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. Let's say this, and the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Okay. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had, he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. That's incredible. See, a believer turns up and everything changes. When a believer turns up, it can never be business as usual. Made everything prosper in his hand. He was successful. He was favoured. And he made the Egyptian's house to be blessed. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus, the Egyptian left all that he had in Joseph's hand. This is incredible. It wasn't too long ago that this guy was in a pit. And now he's in authority. 
<laughs> and he did not know what he had except for the bread that he ate. He so trusted this man that he said, I don't need to know anything. I don't need to look at the books. I don't need to know what's going on because I trust you, Joseph, because God's on your life. Turn to Genesis 39, verses 20 to 23. Now, this is sometime later. He'd been accused of rape and he's thrown into prison. So Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison. The, it was the place where the king's prisoners are confined and he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph. Hey God, I'm not supposed to be in the hole, but God was with Joseph in the hole. Hey God, I'm not supposed to be in Egypt, but God was with Joseph in Egypt. Hey God, I'm not supposed to be in prison, but God was with Joseph in prison. Can I hear an amen? And, and, and it said, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favour. Everybody say favour. Favour in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Isn't it amazing how he got the attention of the one in authority every time? He, this man was obvious. He couldn't be overlooked. He couldn't be ignored. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison, whatever they did there, it was Joseph's doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Are you getting the picture? Are you getting the picture of this? This is great. Genesis 41 verses 40 to 44. Now he's taken out of the prison because of uh, certain things going on. He could interpret uh, dreams and he served other people and he blessed everyone. So he got out of prison and this is where Pharaoh, this is like the main man on the planet now. There is no one greater than Pharaoh. This is it. It's no longer a pit. It's no longer a prison. He's now face to face with the leader of the world. And he says to Joseph, you shall be over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne am I going to be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over all the land of Egypt then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand, a sign of royal authority. There's so many examples here and types and shadows of what Jesus does with us. This is just phenomenal. When the parable of the, of the lost son, he comes home, he puts, he puts shoes on his feet, robes on him, puts a ring on his finger. <coughs> and this is what Pharaoh does. And he, he says he puts a signet ring onto Joseph's hand and he clothed him in garments of fine linen and pure gold chain around his neck. Man, he would bling him up, didn't he? It's amazing. And he had him ride in his Lamborghini, which he had, the second one he had. I'm sure he had a whole fleet of them. Man alive. And all Egypt cried out before him to bow the knee so he set him over all the land of Egypt. 
I love this. Um, as I was thinking about this today and these, and these three passages of Scripture and what I want to bring today, you know what? God is up to something, but God is setting us up for success. God is setting us up. It's a setup, guys. <laughs> it's a, have you ever been set up for anything? You know, sometimes I've been made to feel like an idiot. Most of the time I've done that myself to myself. It's just like, you, you idiot, Melfi. What did you go and do that for? You know, you set yourself up for a fall there. Sometimes other people set, myself, set me up for a fall, which is not pleasant. I don't like that. I don't enjoy that. But you know what? When God gets on the case, he's setting us up for something greater than we can ask or imagine. He's setting us up for something that is going to bless not just ourselves or our family, but a whole community. He wants us to bless a whole office complex. He wants us to bless a whole strategy and something going on in the community. He wants us to bless a whole pillar of society. God is up to something. This is a setup. <laughs> I want you to know today God is setting you up. Come on, give someone a nudge and say, God is up to something. Come on, tell him he's setting you up for something greater than you've ever imagined. Anybody believe that this morning? Now, there are three elements. Yeah. There are three elements to this and I always overrun in time. So I'm just going to go for this because we're finishing on time today. It's a new day. God is up to something. You shouldn't be that excited. You should love it when I overrun because it's awesome. Keep preaching, Pastor Jay. Keep preaching. Yeah. You see, there are some people that set me up for a win. And other people set me up to just discourage me. So don't discourage me this morning. Encourage me today. Number one, are you ready for this? God is setting us up for success. He's setting us up for success. As I think through these, these specific passages of Scripture, but as I read through the Bible in general, you find that God gets on somebody's case and he's setting them up for something they never dreamed. He's setting them up for something, rather for something greater than that which they dreamed. Because God thinks bigger than you and I. I know we have access to his word. We have access to his thoughts. And that's what I would always emphasize. So many people say, oh, you know, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. What God has got planned for those who love him. Yeah, but the next word is but. Something's changed here, but God has revealed it to us by His Spirit because His Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. God's mind and God's ways are not supposed to be far outside our experience. But can I say this? If we can contain God in our thinking, He's no longer God. It's something you and I have made up. He's far bigger than you and I could ever imagine or dream or fathom. He's not subject to our thoughts. He's not subject to just our little nice way of doing things. God will blow out all of the walls of that box that you put him in. You can't contain him. You can't control him. You can't keep him all nice and neat and tidy. You can't say, well, God, I'll give you my life and, and I expect every little thing to be the way I expect it. God is going to come in because he's setting you up for something greater than what you could plan or purpose for yourself. And if it's all so planned and purposed in our own minds, there is no need for God. But in the life of Joseph, he had this vision, he had this dream, but God blew it apart. And he said, yeah, the dream's right, but the journey's going to be different. 
Come on, you're getting anything this morning. The dream's right, but the journey's going to be, you may have your, well, I've got my education and then I'm going to do this job and then I'm going to do that and then I'll serve a little bit in the church and, and then I'll get married and then, and then we'll have uh, uh, 3.2 kids. We're Christians, not 2.2. We want to populate the place. 3.2 kids and we'll have a dog and a boat and we'll have a car and we'll have a nice people carrier because that's what Christians have. And then, and then, you know, we'll go on holiday to, I don't know, uh, Corfu, and then we'll get, and that's it. No, come on. God's got bigger thoughts for your life and for my life than just the same old, same old. And, and yeah, the dream may be correct, but the journey is going to be different. God is setting us up for success. Whatever Joseph did, succeeded. Wherever he was, he was a success. What is success? Well, there's, there's so many things we could talk about success. But I just put down just in a nutshell what it sort of spoke to me. You know, success is achieving what you set out to, uh, to achieve. Success is achieving what you set out to achieve. You did it, you've succeeded. If you don't do it, you've not succeeded. It's quite simple, really. It means to win. <laughs> now, I know we don't talk a lot about competition in like, two, where are we now? 2019. You know, there's no competition in life and everybody wins something. And it, uh, you know what? But there is a winning in life. Hello? We run a race to win. We don't run a race to all cross the finish line at the same time. Now, this is not a competition with each other, but there is certainly competition on the inside. And if we all just tralala along in life, so because we all just want to, you know, this is just life. No, come on, we got to have some grit and something on the inside. I was having a chat with somebody at the airport last night and, and we were just having a chat. He's been pastoring for two years and he, he was just like a machine gun asking me so many questions. And he said, what's the key? to you know to having longevity and to keep going for 29 years and keep growing and keep changing and I won't tell you exactly what I said but I said you got to have guts <laughs> I said you gotta you gotta have guts man you just got to go for it and there's something in life you see Joseph he didn't just lie down in the pit he didn't just lie down in the prison he got to work he said something's going to change here and you know he didn't just sit back and say well I'll just endure this and I'll just cope with this until one day God might be pleased to do something or whether I'm out or whether I'm in. No he got to serving the whole prison. He got to serve in the household. He got to work. Why? Because there was something to achieve. There was something to win. There was something to accomplish in his life. He was a doer. He wasn't just a thinker. He wasn't just a dreamer. He was a doer. Come on. He was a doer. And we've got to be doers in life. And what does success look like? Well, very quickly this morning, one word to me sums it all up. And I love this word. And if you ever hear me pray, this will be all the way through whatever I'm praying about. I will be talking about the word shalom. Shalom means wholeness in the full sense of the word. Somebody, you know, translated it like this. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Shalom, wholeness in life. What is success? Success surely has got to be wholeness. It's got to be wholeness. What do we think about when we think about wholeness? Um, wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. In the Old Testament, the word shalom is translated nearly every time as prosperity. 
And I know that that can be an ugly word in the church and it can be, a, 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 you know, a bad emphasis so often because it can be overemphasized, but you can't take it out the Bible and you can't take it out the promises of God. God is a God of prosperity. He is a God of abundance. He's a God of nothing missing, nothing broken. Can I hear an amen this morning? Shalom where? Well, you know, shalom to me speaks of health, healthy. Healthy what? Well, number one's got to be a healthy spirit. As we go into 2019, come on, let's have shalom on the inside. God made everything that Joseph did to prosper. There was a health about what he had and what he did. He had health in his spirit. He had health in his soul. Shalom, wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. So many people are broken hearted. Their emotions are broken. Their soul is broken. Thank God that Christ said this, I have come to heal the brokenhearted and to lift up all those who are cast down and downtrodden. One translation, I love it, of Luke chapter four, says this, all those broken down by calamity. Well, if anyone had been, you know, smashed by calamity, it would be Joseph hated by his family, thrown in a pit. But you know what? He was bigger than the pit. Why? Because he had some shalom on the inside. He didn't choose to put his mind on the brokenness. He didn't choose to put his mind on the pit or his mind on the prison doors. He set his mind on things above and not on things down here. He thought on things that are pure and lovely and peace-loving, things that were of a good report. He said, I'm going to take captive every thought and make them obedient to the promises of God. He had wholeness in his soul, his mind, his will, his, um, his emotions. Where else did he have and where else are we uh, to succeed as believers that God is setting us up for success is health in our body. Health in our body. So much I could say about that this morning. All of these could be a, just a sermon on their own. Health in our mind, health in our spirit, health in our body. It's so important that we are healthy people. God is setting us up for success. Let's not shortcut that. Let's not, you know, undermine that by being unhealthy people. I know there's all sorts of battles in life, but, but let's not help the enemy. Hello? Let's not help the enemy by eating a load of junk. Hello, I'm preaching better than you're responding this morning. Come on. <laughs> Let's not help the enemy by cutting our life short. The Bible says we're to live long and prosper. <laughs> nanu, nanu. Was that Mork and Mindy, wasn't it? No, who was that? That was amazing. That's my old days coming up. Live a Star Trek, live long and prosper. That's the plan of God for us. And as you see what God did with people all the way through the Word of God, you know, of course, there are times of persecution and people gave their lives and they endured and they suffered. But, but you know, they didn't get wiped out by the enemy in that sense. They didn't undermine the plan of God. And so often, you know, I believe it's God's plan and God's will for our lives that, that we die young, late in life. Hello? Some of you didn't get that. You know, some people are old in their teens. 
You think, come on, get your youth back. Some people are old in their 30s. You get around them and you think, oh, it's not just an old head, it's just old. Do you know what I mean? You know, some people say they've got an old head on a young but It's just like, no, it's not that, it's just old. It's just old. Come on, let's have a healthy body. There's our part of that. In fact, a lot of it is our part. But a whole heap of that is what comes out of our mouth. What do you say to your body? You know, I won't say I say it every day, but many, many, many times. Speak over all my inner organs. Heart, you are blessed. You are strong. Arteries, you are strong. Inner organs, liver, heart, kidneys, stomach, intestines, spleen, gallbladder. In Jesus' name, obey the word of God. Muscles, flex. Stomach, shrink in Jesus' name. I bind you fat cells. <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's go to war in the natural, in that sense, and in the spirit. Stay strong. Look at someone say, he's preaching to you. Are you listening? <laughs> yeah. Where else are we to have success and are we to be whole, shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken? In our finances. In our finances. Wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. Wholeness. You know, I hear people say, oh, money doesn't go and grow on trees. Yes, it does. As soon as you settle that, you can start to live in God's prosperity. Money grows on money trees. I've upset some people right now. (laughs) Money grows on money trees because so many times in the Word of God, as we give and as we are generous, the Bible says it's like sowing seed. Sowing seed in the ground and it grows a tree. You put one seed in the ground, you get a hundred out. That's the scriptural principle and that's what it is in the prosperity of God. That's what it is. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. Yeah? If you don't work, you don't eat. Now, we understand that it can be tough to get a job and all of that, but it's the attitude we're talking about. So number one, if we're going to be in the success of God, God is setting you up for success. So let's not be lazy people. Tim, you listening? Just saying. Just saying. No, I'm just making sure you're listening. That's all. Just, Just checking. Don't be lazy people. Don't be lazy. Be hard workers. Yeah, there's something about energy. Something about energy. The dream comes through much activity, not just through much praying. There is prayer activity, but there's doing activity. Work hard. Be the best employee that your employer has ever had. I wonder if that's what really caused him to shine. I wonder if that, oh, he's, he saw, look, look at this guy serving in the prison. He's here to be punished, yet he's turned it into a harvest field. <laughs> Hello? He's not moaning about the prison. He's serving the prison, having the time of his life down there. Ended up running the place. Didn't complain about being a slave. He got busy and worked hard and served in the household. Ended up running the place. What an incredible work ethic he had. What an amazing work ethic. See, this comes down to attitude. But healthy finances 
are not just what we can do financially ourselves, it's what we trust God to do as well. God is setting us up for success in every area, spirit, soul, body, finances. I want us to dream this year. I want us to dream bigger than we've dreamed before. What is possible and then go further. Come on, let's stretch out into the impossible realm of the Holy Spirit and see God do something far abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. God is setting us up for success in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen this morning? What else? Healthy relationships. Healthy relationships. If there's one thing that's important in life over our, over our relation, you know, along with our relationship with God is our relationship with other people. There's nothing more important than that. In fact, so many things come out of our relationship with other people. Stress will kill you. Stress will kill you, so don't get in stress with other people. (laughs) Healthy, healthy relationships. Something about Joseph was just fascinating. He wasn't known as the weird one in the prison. He was known as the wise one. He, he understood how to talk to people, how to communicate with people, how to, how to just really get on with people. You don't read a catalogue of, of falling out with this person and falling out with that person and falling out with somebody else and getting upset with them and getting offended with them. Dear God, we live in the most offendable society that I think there's ever been. Skin has gone from being thick to being thin. Somebody says the slightest thing and we get offended about it. How dare you say that? Well, why can't they say that? They can say whatever they want. You don't have to get offended at it. Hello? Perhaps this is a bit radical. I don't know. But, you know, something's changed in the last 20 years. We've gone from having a bit of backbone to being like a bit limp, wet lettuce. We get offended and want to sue everybody because they say something. Come on, be bigger than that. If you're offendable, you're the problem. See, David, uh, David in the Bible, why is that David? Joseph in the Bible. He just had something so strong on the inside of him that no matter what was going on, he just chose not to be offended, he chose not to be the victim. He chose not to moan and groan. He just got on with life and ended up running the joint. (laughs) It's just amazing. Healthy relationships are so really important. You know, healthy people skills. We're just about to do another evening in the church um, on the whole thing of personality profiling. We do it every year. And um, I know a lot of people came to last year's, but I'd encourage you to do it again. We'll announce the date shortly. And, but if you've not done it, it's really vitally important that Christians know how to get on with people. And to know how to get on with people, you've got to know how to get on with yourself. When I found out I was a D personality, a D personality, if you don't know what that is, you need to come to the personality profiling thing. When I found out I was a D personality, I thought, that's awesome. That's great. That's the best personality there is on this bit of paper. <laughs> You've got to love who you are, haven't you? But you know what? Then I learned 
about all the problems these cause. They cause all the wars in the world. They cause all the church splits. These are independent. They're determined. They're dumb. No, they're not dumb. That's a no. But it, it's like there's this aggression on the inside of a D. But we really think we're really quite, you know, soft and cuddly, really. That's what we think about ourselves. We think, oh, come on, we're just a softy, really. But nobody else sees you like that. And it's eye-opening to find out how other people see you. Life would be so much easier if we didn't have all the misunderstandings. Oh, they don't understand me. Well, do you understand them? Start where you're at. If they're misunderstanding you, then we need to be, live lives that are really clear and really open and really understandable. You see, some of this is really spiritual, but some of it is really natural. S personalities. Stop being so stubborn. See, I started talking about myself, so I'm clear now. I now talk about you. <laughs> 66% of people don't want to change. And if an S marries an S, oh, dear Lord. If a D marries a D, tin hats, man, get tin hats. If an S marries an S, there'll be a lot of silence going on in that marriage. If an I marries an I, there's just a whole lot of party going on. If a C marries an I, oh, but I'm not going to tell you what all that's about. You need to come and find out. Healthy relationships, know how to get on with people. But there's something about having almighty God on a person which makes us attractive. Yeah? We're not just talking about personalities here. We're talking about a life with God. Healthy spirit, healthy soul, healthy body, healthy finances, healthy relationships. Why? Because God is setting up for success. God wants us to succeed. He wants us to be the most successful people on the planet. Successful at marriage, successful at parenting, successful at finances, successful in our employment, successful as employers. Come on, you're getting anything out of this this morning. God is setting us up for success. Number two, quickly today, God is setting us up for favour. Everybody say success and favour. <laughs> Every passage of scripture that we read, we read about the favour of God. We sang it earlier, highly favoured. Oh, as I sing those words, I just, my body doesn't do what my on inside wants to do. I just want to explode. I want to leap higher than I can leap. I want to run faster than I can run. Something happens when I start to think about the favour of God. To be favoured. It hasn't got anything to do with favouritism. The favour of God, the Bible says this, a number, just a few passages here. Now in my prosperity, I said I shall never be moved. That's a great verse to be declaring in 2019. That's three of us. 
In my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. Why? The Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain stand strong. (laughs) By favor, we stand strong. We're highly favored, church. We're not trying to get favored. We are favored in Jesus' name. Proverbs 16, in the light of the king's face is life and his favor is like a cloud of the latter rain. Oh, what's that saying? His favor is like a deluge of his blessing. The favor of God. What does favor do? Number one, favor brings sudden and unlimited prosperity. (laughs) Anybody want any favor? I just want a a truckload. I want a deluge of this stuff. Favour brings sudden and unlimited prosperity. Psalm 44, great verse, verse 3. For they did not gain possession of the land by their own sword, nor did their own strength save them, but it was your right hand, God, your arm, the light of your countenance, your presence, your glory, because you favoured them. What we achieve in life, I want all the glory to go to Jesus. I don't want to say, look what I did. Look what I did. Look what my sword did. Look what my faith did. Look what my energy did. Look what Citygate did. I want to turn around and say, look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. He's favoured us. He's blessed us. He's anointed us. He's empowered us. He's called us. He's sent us. He's commissioned us. He's blessed us. Hallelujah. What else does favour do? Favour causes a nobody to become a somebody. And all the nobody said, Amen. What else does favour do? Number three, favour opens doors of opportunity. 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 Don't see things as a problem. See them as an opportunity. You see, our Greatness is entwined with our problem solving and our overcoming. That's where it is. That's where our greatness comes from. Our greatness, God said to Abram, your name shall be great and you'll have a great nation. You will be known to be great. And we're not just talking about fame and all that sort of stuff, but we're talking about greatness. Greatness comes from being highly favoured. Everything we read of Joseph, he was highly favoured. Everything he did, God favoured him and put him in authority. God favoured him. Why? Because favour opens doors of opportunity. He didn't see the prison as a problem. He saw it as an opportunity. He didn't see the hole in the ground as a problem. He saw it as an opportunity. Everything he stepped into was an opportunity. When something goes wrong at work, say, thank you, God, I'm favoured. I'm going to solve this problem. I'm favoured, I'm favoured, I'm favoured. I've got the favour of God upon my life. I've got access to greater wisdom than I can ever get out of a book. I've got access to greater power than I can ever get in the gym. Favour, 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 favour. Number four, favour brings promotion. (laughs) Promotion doesn't come from the east or the west or your boss. Promotion comes from the Lord because he favours us. And lastly, number five on that, favour means God will crush our enemies. Crush our enemies. 
I don't know, if I was a, a WW, whatever it is, wrestler, I think I'd want to be called Crusher. <laughs> there probably is one. Everywhere the sole of your foot treads, I give you. You'll stand on the neck of your enemies. You know what? It's not because you're so awesome. It's not because we're so great. It's because we're favoured. Can I say believe in the favour of God? Cry out for the favour of God. It's not favouritism. It's not saying, oh, I like you better than other people. Favour is something to be hungry for. Favour is, you know, favour is something that is, is a part of our relationship with God. When we walk with God, we walk in favour. People say, how did that ever happen to you? Favour of God. Favour of God. Even if you believe for it, still the favour of God. Even if you confess the word for five years, it's still the favour of God. Come on, let's be giving glory to God. He's favoured us. He's called us. The job you have is the favour of God. The income you have is the favour of God. The family you have is the favour of God. The church we have is the favour of God. The community we have. Come on, it's the favour of God. It's awesome. Because I'm favoured, I expect God to surprise me. I get up in the morning and after I've had my coffee or my tea in the morning, white one sugar, thank you very much, that Sharon makes me and puts by my bed. Oh, I'm favoured. <laughs> I'm favoured. Blessed man. But once I've got my thoughts together, I expect something good to happen today. Somebody got in real trouble back in the 50s. Amazing man, Oral Roberts. First man on TV to, you know, to really be preaching the gospel like he did. And, and he used to close his programs. He got in so much trouble. Everybody started to criticize him for it. He said, something good is going to happen to you today. <laughs> what is he supposed to say? Something terrible is going to happen to you today? Come on, we stand on the word of God. Anybody expecting something good to happen to them today? I expect God to surprise me. I expect God to rearrange things for my prosperity. Come on, can I hear an amen? I expect God to put me in the right place with the right people at the right time. I expect God to do things to show just how awesome He is. He could have made this world black and white. Could have done. But He chose to make it in colour. Just so we can enjoy it. There's no other reason. God made colour just so we can enjoy it. Fantastic. He could have created a tiny universe, but he made it super massive. Just because he could. Didn't need to be that big. It could have just been earth and the sun. Hello? Just going round and round and round. But he decided to put Mars there so we can send satellites to it and have a look at it and see what's there and see if we can find any little green men. It's all right. <laughs> no, 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 no. I expect God to show himself generous towards me and through me. I expect God to do some things just to bless me. Why? Because I'm favoured. Anybody favoured in the house today? Okay. Lastly, number three, and let's have the band back up. God is setting us up for promotion. God is setting us up for promotion. I hope I'm stirring something this morning. Time after time, Joseph was given authority to rise up and to rule. The journey of the believer is from one place of glory 
to the next place of glory. From one place of faith to the next place of faith. From one place of joy to the next place of joy. From one place of health to the next place of health. From one place of wisdom to the next place of wisdom. From one place of peace to the next place of peace. God is a God of increase. I want to encourage us today as we think about this life of Joseph. This is not a pressure. Oh man, Pastor Jay's talking about increase again and my life's decreasing. No, come on. Let's reach out to God today because He's the source of all of this. You say, but I'm in a pit. Yeah, but He's the God of increase. Oh, there's nothing worse than in a pit. Well, he went into the prison. The inner prison. That was worse than the pit. And yet God's the God of increase. See, God's got greater for you and I. Let's hunger after and embrace a spirit of increase because it is a spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of increase. As we launch into 2019, this is like an entrance word into this year. Come on, guys, let's be passionate. Let's be crying out, God, baptize me afresh in your spirit and let that spirit be all, be all sorts of things. Spirit of holiness, spirit of hunger, spirit of faith, but let it be a spirit of increase in Jesus' name. Bible says, whatever you put your hand to will prosper. There is a powerful scriptural principle, which is this. If you are faithful over little, you will be ruler over much. See, people want to bypass the little and go straight into the much. You can't do that. You can't short circuit God's system. Why? Because we saw time after time, and you don't find the word there, but you find the principle there. The masters trusted Joseph. They didn't even need to know what was in the bank account. They just said, spend whatever you want. Run it for me. Rule it for me. Because we know you're a man of increase. It's all going to go well if we give it to you. You're a person of increase. You are a person of increase. You see, that's got to hit home as a, as, as a spirit on the inside. I am a person of increase. Perhaps you've had some disappointments. Shake it off and say, I'm a person of increase. I am anointed to increase. I've got the spirit of increase upon my life. Yeah, but I've had some famine. I've had seven years of famine. Yeah, but you're about to have seven years of abundance. Oh, that's backwards to what Joseph had. Yeah, they didn't stay in the famine. They were prepared for it and they came out the other side. See, God's a God of increase. God's a God of increase. He says this in Luke 16, if you can handle your cash well, I will trust you with true riches, which is the presence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says a, a, a generous man will prosper. One seed in, a hundred out. Come on, we're people of increase in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? As I was thinking about this today and I don't know why I put this in there. Well, I do. It's a powerful thing, but I want us to get hold of this today. I would prefer to be a little fish in a big pond than a big fish in a little pond. See, some of us are caught up in our own importance. Why would I prefer to be a little fish in a big pond? Well, number one, little fish grow. 
they grow to the size of their environment. So we need bigger and bigger ponds. If we're just in a tiny little pond and we go, oh, look, I rule this and this is like that. Well, that's faithful over little, but come on, God wants to transport you into something far bigger to give you room to grow. Small ponds are already restrictive boundaries. But big ponds, come on, there's lots to explore. If a little fish can grow, then they can keep on growing. I love to think about the parable of the talents. One talent, two talents, five talents. You know what? The two talent person became a four talent person. I know the Bible doesn't go on in the parable, but it didn't stop there. Guarantee you he made four eight. Guarantee you he made eight to 16. He made 16 to 32. We did a little discussion in our family not too long ago and I knew the answer, but I couldn't remember it. And we were talking about how many times if you fold a piece of paper, how many times do you have to fold it until you reach the moon? If I kept folding this piece of paper, I can't do it. I've done it once now, twice, three times, four times, five times. Now the, the piece of paper is too small for me to, to really keep going. Do you know how many times you'd have to fold the piece of paper to get to the moon? 36 times. That's all. 36 times because it keeps doubling, 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 doubling. 36 times and you touch the moon you check it out do your maths there's something absolutely fascinating about the increase of God everything you see he was in the hole he was in the prison he just kept on increasing he just kept on giving his life to God he just kept on loving God and praying and believing God. He refused to let the hole contain him. He refused to let the prison contain him. And in the end, he ruled the world. What is the reason, the major reasons that this all happened to Joseph? Well, you find it in all three of those accounts. You find this, and God was with Joseph. God was with him and so he prospered. God was with him so he was successful. God was with him and caused everything in his hand to be highly favoured. God was with him and promoted him. God was with him and we know now God would come on with me, without me. With me, we God Emmanuel with us. God is with us. We are not without God. Emmanuel can equally be understood as us with God. This is a two-way thing. Well, of course, God is with all His children. God is with all His children, but there are powerful consequences for, for right living. I want to make sure God is with me. Now, He's with me. He's with me. No matter what I do, no matter what I say, God is with me. God is with you. Oh, but Pastor Jay, you don't know what, I just haven't been reading my Bible. God didn't leave. He's still with you. Pastor Jay, I'm really struggling with stuff and I'm struggling to believe God. He's still with you. 
Let's centre on the God with us and that'll turn it around. Why? Because when we know God's with us, everything in the Christian life is through revelation. If we get it, we get it. If we believe it, we see it. God is with us. Therefore, we are successful. God is with us. Therefore, we prosper. God is with us. Therefore, we are highly favoured. God is with us. Therefore, we are promoted. I want to make sure that I keep in step with God. So many ways to do that. We're people of faith. We're people of compassion. And we're people of the Holy Spirit. Any blessed people here today? (laughs) Come on, let's stand to our feet this morning.